Nice work, Jordan. Good jam. I like that. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the awesome.com NBA strategy show. Glad to be back with you for a wonderful Tuesday morning edition presented by No House Advantage. I'm Dave Lochran on the Twitters at Lafay underscore D, L-O-U-G-H-Y underscore D. Joined by Josh Engelman at Josh Engelman. Simple enough. What's going on, brother? Not too much, man. Good to have you back. It's exciting to have you on a morning show again. It's great that I don't have to prep the run sheet. Even better uh, for the morning show. And it's crazy to think that a year ago today, we were kicking off the NBA 2K Sims together. What a year, man. What a year. Was today the one year? Today was the first day. Really? Yeah. One year. Sonics and Sixers or something, I think, was game one. Yes, it was. Dikembe Mutombo, Allen Iverson. It was that team. Yep. Camp, That's right. Camp Gary Payton. Camp was a ghost. John Kemp, yeah. And the Sixers won that game, by they the did. way. They did. Uh, we did not expect that. We did not expect that. I, I don't know. A lot of I know a lot of people that watch this show were around for that. It was the yeah. NBA 2K Sims. It was a Wednesday, March 11th, that the Rudy Gobert news broke. I was at a hockey game, my own hockey game, and we play late, you know, games start at 8 or 9, sometimes even 9.30, get out of the game. And I was telling everyone before the game, hey, you know, go go get some, go stock up, get your toilet paper, right? And uh, everyone looked at me like I had three heads. And after the game, I remember coming out, you know, I'm always checking scores. Like, I'll play light DFS and, and bet on those games. But, you, you know, when you play in hockey – and you have to go into a game and don't get service. You can't make any adjustments. So I go, come out of the game, I check the scores, and I see postponed, postponed, and then you hear that it was shut down. And I remember the expression on everyone's face was like, oh, wait, maybe this is real. You know, maybe this is not just, maybe this isn't the swine flu or the bird flu. The problem is everything gets hyped up so much, Josh, that like you never know what is actually going to be significant. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, I didn't really think it was going to be that significant until it was just gone. And then it was like, oh, do I still have a job? <laughs> Which was obviously right. very, very important. So right. uh, we, we got to thinking pretty quickly and uh, didn't take very long after that before we were into the 2K Sims. And that was like the next, what, six plus weeks of our lives aggressively every single day. I miss it. It was fun, man. It was so fun. And I'm not sure I was sober for one of them. Now, now, I did a lot of drinking for those first couple of weeks, as did, I think, the rest of the, the public. I think we all did. Yeah, it was well, a We thought time. it was just fun. Like, oh, it's like a giant snow day for a year. Yeah. We a just didn't know any snow, better. Giant snow month and another month and another yeah. month. But we're happy to have you guys with us, as always. Whether you've been with us since then, before that, or you're new to the channel, hit that thumbs up and uh, hit that subscribe button as well. Easiest way to help support us. And you know how the YouTube algorithm works. I don't want to say they gatekeep like DFS content. I know crypto people always are like, you know, they gatekeep cryptocurrency content, which really isn't true, but they definitely give favor to the bigger, the bigger brands, the bigger channels. So by hitting that thumbs up, by subscribing and hitting that notification bell, that's how we can help grow this channel and continue to put out the best free content on the interwebs. Anyway, man, how are you feeling today? I feel pretty good. I got a, a- Decent night's sleep. I'm sure you didn't. So I, don't I actually rub- did. I, I got into a schedule where I'm I'm staying up till like 1.30. So I'll feed her, Jordan, yeah. my newborn, healthy little girl. Uh, feed her till like the 10 o'clock and then the 1.30. Okay. And then I slept till 9. I oh. slept from like 2 to 9. Justine slept from like, 
you know, nine to seven or something, 10 to seven or something like that. And it worked. Okay. That's not five. bad. Sorry, 10 to five, but yeah, it worked. So, okay. That'll work. That'll work. No, I'm, I'm feeling good. Ready to attack this slate. Seven gamer is right up my alley. This is like perfect to me. A 10 gamer tomorrow. I'm not really excited about it. It's just a lot of work, but you know, it happens. Yep. And uh, someone said, does this mf -er have Reagan on his shirt? Yeah, I'll show you what it says below sometimes. It's pretty funny. Um, anyway, we haven't done this in a while, right? But the lineup study has always been something that we liked to do for the strategy show to change it up a little bit, right? To make it different than other shows. And uh, Jordan Klein, behind the scenes, producing the show, is going to take us through it, put it up on the screen Josh, what we usually do is just take a look at what the exposures look like for the winners, for the players, uh, for whoever was up top, who won, how some of the better players like Alex Baker, Osmo himself, how he did, uh, and then we'll jump into this slate. And by the way, this slate has a lot of wild injury news for a select couple teams, which is going to make things really interesting tonight. Yeah, so uh, <clears throat> the winner in last night's 500K shoot-around, that was 100K up top on DraftKings, went to Hog Lawrence. Played what looks like 69 lineups, which is always obviously a very nice number to land on. For a guy named Hog Lawrence specifically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, good, good for him in multiple ways, I assume. So taking a look at his lineup, James Harden went for 65. That'll work. Reggie Bullock went for 32, played a ton of minutes. Marcus Morris, Gordon Hayward, Rashawn Holmes. Facundo Campazzo, who only actually scored uh, 16, but he was 3,500. THT, the big winner here, and this is likely what uh, shot him to the top. THT at 4.5% ownership, 3,600, went for 40 DK points. And then Jokic with the solid 69 for Hog Lawrence. It's the theme of 69s here on Tuesday. That's always good. Uh, so he takes it down, 359 and a quarter, wins it for this contest. Wins going away, actually. Won by six full fantasy points. That's crazy for an NBA slate. Yeah. So shout out to Hog Lawrence. The THT play, I mean, that's the that's the key to it there. And it's kind of crazy because it's just sort of, you know, he got 28 minutes. I think that's more than most people were expecting. Uh, he obviously had a bit of an outlier performance. 10 assists in that time. 7 of 10 from the field did pick up a steal. Uh, you don't expect him to get 10 assists in every spot, but it doesn't really matter because he's got uh, an extra $99,980 out of that contest. So what do you think of that lineup? Um, you know, just based on what your exposures looked like, where you landed. Of course, it, just because you landed on something different and he did doesn't mean his lineup is good or bad, right? Yeah, I mean, obviously I think he, it was good yesterday. Yeah, like I think he got a little unlucky with Facundo Campazzo's uh, output of 16 fantasy points in 22 minutes. Like that's not ideal. I understand how you get the Taylor Horton Tucker pace up spot. Lakers are missing a bunch of guys. It's really, it, it wasn't somebody that I was particularly looking at all that aggressively. And I've been playing more FanDuel, but you know, four and a half percent seems about right for a low on flyer that could see additional minutes. Got a little bit fortunate to get up into the 28s. I mean, Reggie Bullock is just playing stupid minutes right now. He ended up playing 42 last night, 37 in the game before that. Uh, if we knew that Reggie Bullock was getting 42 minutes, I would have, he probably would have been a little bit more owned, but it's nice. It's balanced. Uh, I don't really have much else to say. Like I, I don't see any real problems with that lineup. Jordan, do you know how to pull the actual lineup up? 
Yeah, so if on, on the row where it is, if you scroll over to the right a little bit, you'll see three little horizontal lines. You click those three little horizontal lines. Keep, uh, keep going right. Keep going right. We'll get it down. Jordan, Jordan's still a little new to the lineup study, but we're going to go further, we're, this, go this further be, right. This will be a fluid operation soon enough. So where you see like the team stacks and the team logos on the right-hand side of the screen, you need to go, you need to scroll further to the right in that window. You're, you're not far enough over. You know, yesterday was crazy too, just in the sense that you had so many players priced above 10 K and so many of them actually had good games. Jokic, Doncic had a monster triple-double. Harden almost triple-doubled in the first quarter. Um, of course, he, he seven-plus turnovers is just standard for him. But uh, he had a lot of really big performances. Meanwhile, LeBron James didn't really need to do as much as you would have anticipated. I think he still what – did, what did LeBron finish with? No, nah, he only had 53. That's what I thought, yeah. I mean, he didn't need to. They were up by 20 points going into the third quarter, so – no, it's just one of those weird slates. And on today's slate, you have no Joel Embiid. He's out for at least a couple of weeks. Yeah. But you have Dame, you have LeBron at home against Minnesota on the second of a back-to-back, Trey Young, Julius Randle, and a couple other high score, uh, high-priced guys, but nothing like we had yesterday. No, oh, Giannis I, had a huge game too. Oh, I mean, Giannis was the high scorer. For him to not be in the optimal lineup, I was actually a little bit surprised because he, he's actually still the better value than all of those other guys, but that's just how the positions worked. I guess we need to have at least – I need to bring it up. I don't want to do this to you. Uh, does this remove Joel Embiid's chances of winning the MVP? Yeah, well, here's the thing. I cap at the moment that injury happened, I got the news, and – I, I predict, I said, it's a hyperextension. I know because I've seen him do the same thing this season, like three times. Yeah. I cashed out of that bet. Yeah. And I cashed out of it with like a 22% profit. So just given the situation, knowing that if he's out for two weeks, maybe more, cause it could be longer. I, I don't, I, there was no point of risking that. It was a very sizable bet that I had on, on Joel Embiid to win the MVP. So I'll take the money and I'll take the, the guaranteed profit. It's unfortunate, but I think to answer your question, Joel Embiid's MVP chances are, are dwindling because he already missed enough games and misses enough games just from a maintenance standpoint that he couldn't, you can't give him a two plus week absence. It just doesn't work. But man, it's a shame because I think he would have won it for sure. He moved all the way to plus 200, Josh, before yeah. that injury. So here's the question. I know we don't have a ton of time for this, but we kind of do, I guess. Who wins the MVP now? Is is, is LeBron James the, the current front runner to win the MVP? It's unfortunate, but I think so. And I, I don't say it's unfortunate because LeBron James is an incredible. But I, I, it's unfortunate that the Nuggets aren't a little bit better of a team because I think if the yeah. Nuggets were even, you know, top, if the Nuggets were even a little bit better than they are, maybe you disagree, but... I, I still had Embiid first, right? You're sitting at first in the Eastern Conference. He's a phenomenal defensive player and offensive player, which can't go overlooked. It's not just a box score stuffing thing. Behind that, though, I would have liked to have seen Nikola Jokic. It's still possible. If he keeps doing what he's doing and they start and they begin winning games and a lot of them and just racking them up in, in bunches, I think Jokic could win it, Josh. Yeah, so here, here's the interesting piece for it. And the guy that's getting slept on the most, and he's not going to win it, but Giannis is getting wildly disrespected. Yep. 
in this yeah. because you could if you told me that he should be the MVP this year, I don't think that I would disagree with you. It's because um, it's because they're twenty five and fourteen and not you know thirty three and eight or whatever. It's because they lost last year in the playoffs is really the reason. Because if they make if they just beat the Heat, he's probably the front runner for the MVP again. But five thirty eight has projections for the rest of the season. The Nuggets are projected to be fifth in the West. Jazz, Suns, Clippers, Lakers, Nuggets. But here's the key piece. They're projected to have a 46 and 26 record. The Suns are at 48 and 24. That's a two-game difference. They're projecting the Nuggets to have the second best point differential. So I don't think it's crazy to see the Nuggets You're right. climb into a higher spot and actually get to the two or three seed. That's what Jokic is going to have to do in order to win this exactly. award. I think LeBron is going to have so much momentum. The Nuggets are really going to have to make a move to be like the, the two seed because I don't think anybody's catching the Jazz. No, they're not. The Jazz are playing spectacular basketball. And another thing, too, Anthony Davis might be out another three-plus weeks, they're saying. Yeah. So let's just say the Lakers hang around. They're playing much better than they were in the early days of Anthony Davis being out where they looked like dog shit, right? Yeah. Uh, but you look at that now. And by the way, uh, all of this information, this can be applied to sports betting for sure. Like if, if oh, you yeah. can get good odds on Nikola Jokic, based on what Josh and I are saying right now, I actually think it's a pretty solid idea. And you know what? You can always cash out for a profit. If something goes wrong, you just got to be quick. But given the situation, the Nuggets are only, what, three games behind the Lakers. They're, they're like one and a half or two games behind the Clippers. They're sitting in fifth, but there's there's not a huge gap there. Only two games yeah. behind the Suns, like you said. Jokic could get it done. Uh, and I think, you know, if you can get decent enough odds, I wouldn't be against taking that. But, yeah, cashed out of Embiid, I'll take it. But I really thought he was going to win it, Josh. I thought, given the trajectory – if they kept playing the way he was, and so did the Sixers, Joel Embiid was going to win the MVP. Yeah, he was. Uh, LeBron now plus 160, Jokic plus 200, Embiid still uh, at plus 600. I would not be taking that Embiid line at all. Um, I don't want that Jokic line either, though, honestly. Plus no, I, I wouldn't mind taking plus 160 for LeBron. I think that Rudy Gobert is getting wildly disrespected in this. He's plus 15,000. Uh, to me, that is absolutely insane, given what that team is doing and what he is doing. But uh, he has no chance to win that award, unfortunately. Ready to dive into this? Let's do this, man. All right. And uh, by the way, later on in the show, I'll, I'll give you a foolproof way to make the best possible bets that you can. And while it's not oddshopper.osmo.com, that's not what I'm talking about. Oddshopper.osmo.com is entirely free. You can shop all of your lines, all of your props across all of the books available to you. That's the best part about it. Uh, you can do a bet, uh, a, a bet tracker, track all of your bets. You can set up notifications for when a line moves in the direction you're, you're thinking or you want it to go. You have a watch list. You can get all of your player props simply by typing a name in and, or, and getting all to pop up sorting them by every sport way easier to look at than individual books. Uh, and it's again, totally, totally free. One of the best ways to bet really the, the best way. The only way to truly bet, unless you do what I'm about to tell you is to shop odds and find the best ones and, and, and make sure that you're getting that small edge because when you're betting sides and totals, the edge is, is minimum, Josh, it's minuscule, right? Like yeah. I don't think people understand that. With sports like the NFL, such heavily bet sports, and, and even NBA, you need to get the smallest possible edge you can in order to have long-term success sports betting. And oddshopper.osmo.com, again, entirely free, is one of the best ways to do it. No reason to give up anything at all. You want the best line. All you're doing is just costing yourself to benefit a sports book. So shop around. 
Let's dive into it. Utah and Boston. Have you seen those commercials, by the way? The like the cousin from Boston commercials for the I don't see commercials. The Sam Adams commercial? No, I don't I don't ever see commercials. Okay. That's actually pretty fun. Oh, you're one of those guys, huh? I just like they're not in my life. I don't it's either just like I'm selecting something to stream or like I'm never watching any real live TV. Yeah, I'm I'm still over here watching like my six hundred pound life and stuff, Uh, you know, those commercials. that's the goods, dude. That's it sure the goods. is. Sure is. Utah, Boston, Jazz laying four points on the road against the Celtics. This game's got a total of 227 and a half. This ain't your granddad's Jazz team anymore, Josh. 227 nah. and a half total. No real injuries in this one, though. We'll get to a lot of injuries throughout the show, but this one looks like a pretty clean from both sides. Yeah, and that makes it. Pretty unappealing from both yeah. sides. Uh, we've got Donovan Mitchell in double digits in ownership on FanDuel. I think that is warranted. No one else is above 7.9% ownership on either site for Utah. And I think that that is perfectly acceptable. So if you get to Mitchell, you get to Rudy Gobert, you get to Mike Conley, guys that play 30 plus minutes, you're, ju- you're just getting quality NBA players at what amounts to their proper price. There's nothing wrong with that. You need lineup filler across the board. These are guys that you're, you can get into a lineup and you never look at it and think, wow, that is the problem spot of this lineup. But there is no one on the Utah Jazz that I think that you could call a priority today. I don't think so either. And, you know, one of the, the easiest ways to see if you know, you're aligned with, with everybody else, and of course you don't always want to be aligned with everyone else, but you want to get an idea if you're on the right page, check out ownership, uh, our ownership projections at awesomeo.com have the Utah Jazz uh, basically garnering zero ownership. You know, a yep. few guys in that six, seven uh, percent range. And then on Boston, you have Jalen Brown coming in around 13 percent on DraftKings. That's that's really it. Yeah, it's it's not much like Brown and Tatum are both, you know, around 10 to 15 percent on FanDuel. But again, that's sort of like where these guys are just going to be by default on a seven game slate by being good in the NBA. Like I don't see a ton of value to squeeze out of here. You want to get to Jason Tatum. That's cool. He's like a 10% guy. You want to get to Kemba. Sure. That's like a, he's like a 10% guy. Jalen Brown, same story falls into that same Donovan Mitchell spot. I don't see any place to really truly squeeze out value from this game. You're just using the pieces here that play 30 plus minutes. Okay. So and they're like, all, and to me, it's like basically random on which one you want to choose. Whatever fits your line. Like if you have one last spot, feel free to grab anybody from this game, whether it's Mitchell, Gobert, Conley, Tatum, Brown, Walker. Like you'll find someone and that's going to be okay. Just none of them are going to look like, oh, that's a guy that I have to have today. Absolutely. Yeah. And I will say the Utah Jazz, not that this makes me any more interested in them, but playing at a top 10 pace over the last month with a defensive rating at, I think, 16th. So, they're playing really well, and you look at it from the from the box or from the from the standings. They're also you know offensively spectacular, yeah. but sometimes they don't make for that bad of a matchup. This just isn't really one of them where you can exploit anything on the Boston side. So let's talk about Cleveland and Miami. Then you've got the Cleveland Cavs double digit dogs again, ten point dogs against the Miami Heat, two eleven total in this game. So. And if you're talking about a, a, a plotting, slow-paced game, you've got one right here. Miami Heat over the last month playing at the second slowest pace in the league. Cavs playing at the eighth slowest pace. 
neither like 96 and 97 possessions per 48 for these teams, really slow, really ugly game. What are you doing with the Cavs? If anything, pretty much avoiding this entire game. This one also looks like it's truly, truly terrible. Uh, Colin Sexton is projected for 10% ownership on FanDuel. That is the only double-digit number for Cleveland on both sites. Next highest is 7.5% for him on DK. I do want to point out Larry Nance. He's 4,700 on DraftKings. We're only projecting him for 4.5% ownership. I think that that is a spot where you can get a little bit heavier. Uh, so Nance would be like a contrarian GPP option for me. I actually have him showing up in the optimal lineup about 13% of the time. So I do like getting north of the field there. But Larry Nance on DraftKings is the only guy to show up in optimals north of 9% on my side. So much like I explained for Boston or for Utah, it's the same story for Cleveland. If you get to Jared Allen or Sexton or Garland, these guys that play 30 plus minutes, they're appropriately priced, and that's fine for filler. But outside of, to me, Larry Nance as a contrarian option on DraftKings, there is nothing that you should be putting in your lineup from Cleveland that is any sort of priority. I agree. On the other side, Jimmy Butler, he's just been like an instant 50 to 60 fantasy points lately, Josh. And yeah. it's over his last 10 games, he has two games with, with fewer than 50 DraftKings points. Yeah. Um, you know, just like a cursory look. His his usage, you're looking at field goal attempts, you say, okay, well, it's not that crazy. But usage also factors in free throws. And this guy's getting to the line a lot. I mean, a yeah. lot. 10, 12, 13, 9, 11, 8, 9, 10. It's just over his last eight games. He's doing everything possible to to propel this Miami team to victories. Bam Adebayo is probable to play. I was going to yeah. say Butler would be a lot more interesting if, he, if Bam was questionable or out. But um, I know he's expensive, and I know it's tough to get there, but let's just spend a second on Jimmy Butler. Where do you think he should be priced at for this spot? I think the 9,800 on DraftKings is pretty close to correct. Uh, 11K on FanDuel today? Wow. No, thank you. Like, oh, you can't. Insane. If Bam Adebayo is playing, you can't play Jimmy Butler at 11K. Yeah. I don't know what the, what you're going to gain out of that. And he's not projected for any ownership. Uh, Goran Dragic at 10% ownership on FanDuel is the high mark there. I hate Miami clear across the board on FanDuel with Bam Adebayo back. I don't get the sense that I would even have a single share of anyone. Um, on the DraftKings side, though, I think getting to Jimmy Butler at 9,800 is okay. 1.54 fantasy points per minute over the past 30 days. Uh, you know, obviously, Bam is going to take a little bit of a bite out of everything that he's been doing, but I don't think it's all that crazy. Uh, you know, those two guys are just going to do a little bit more together. So to me, Jimmy Butler is fine today. I don't really want to go too crazy. I don't like Miami either. We're, we're starting off with like three of the worst games on the slate. You know, a 213 total for Cleveland Miami is atrocious. We got the Pelicans and the Blazers at almost 240. Like, it's just a very different fantasy game to speak of here. I don't really see a scenario where I want to get to Bam out of bio. And then everybody else's minutes, you're just going to start getting pinched. It's it's not really a hero mat game for me or, or Duncan Robinson. Kelly Olenek is now priced up from Bam being out. He is fully unplayable. So I guess I like Bam a little bit on DraftKings. I wouldn't play him at all on FanDuel. And I really wouldn't be looking to play much of Miami one way or the other. Okay. Yeah, and this isn't us just trying to cruise through this slate because... No, it's bad. If you, if you know us, we'll take as much time as necessary, as much time as we want. But 
it's also no point and you know there's nothing worse than you come onto a show and you see someone that just lists every player as a viable play to cover their basis and you finish the show wondering what the hell's going on because there's no real there, there there's no real uh, direction or, or anything so um you know some people don't like it jazz you want to hit on every person but it, it doesn't help anybody when you do something like that no, like I can call everybody a mediocre play if anybody exactly. wants me to. It's just what there's no utility in that. It, it makes everything that I'm saying about the slate otherwise just be useless. It, take the actual recommendations to heart when they come out of my mouth because I'm not going to just recommend someone to recommend it. They either look like good plays or they don't. And we're running through a bunch of games that just simply don't, whether that's from a bad offense perspective, a tough matchup perspective, a poor pace perspective. We've got a lot of that stuff going on on the slate. And when you combine all of those factors with teams that are either getting people back from injury or haven't had any injuries in a while, you get a lot of guys that are just priced where they should be or overpriced. And that's what we're getting for basically the first six games, six teams that we look at. Absolutely. Well, here we go to Atlanta and Houston. Yeah, that'll change now. Yeah, the Hawks laying 10 points against the Rockets, 224 total. We're going to get to these injuries in a second, but I did want to throw out uh, what I was referring to earlier about getting in good bets. If you guys have watched me for a while and watched the Osmo, you know the the one thing I always preach is get in on these lines before they're set. Get in on the price discovery mode the night before if you can. And on DraftKings specifically, they will post lines the night before that will move the following day. If you know basketball, right, and you know that something looks off, you're probably right. If you know, if you legitimately know. And and as an example, yesterday, um, I hit Atlanta at, at minus seven. They're minus 10 now. They're moving back between 10 and nine and a half. But does that bet always win, Josh? No, it doesn't always win. But do you have, are you always going to have long-term success if you're beating the closing line? Absolutely. That's the biggest edge you can get, in my opinion, is find books that have these type of opportunities the night before. And if you know the game, you'll hit them and you wake up the next morning and it's moved sometimes as much as three points. Yeah, so- The easiest way to think about that and explain why it's important is this. Let's just say that the closing line for bets, especially in this case, when it's basketball, normal basketball games or like NFL Sundays, stuff like that, where there's going to be a lot of volume bet. That line is going to be efficient. Assume that let's say the line is 10 now and that's what it closes at. So you've got a 50-50 shot of winning that bet at minus 10. What are your chances of winning that bet at minus seven if we assume the bet is minus 10, actually minus 10. If we say that that's like, I don't know, 56, 57%, whatever that number really is, that's your edge on that bet. The difference between how frequently you win that bet at minus seven compared to how frequently you win a coin flip bet on a side, that is where you're squeezing. And then that should be like the aha moment of like, oh, I just win this bet now 58% of the time instead of 50% of the time. That's a free 8% just by seeing where we're going. By default, you don't even have to care if you like one side or the other. You're trying to predict line movement. The teams themselves are irrelevant. Yeah, it's really well put. And plus, when you have that 50-50 chance, you still have the juice on the line too. Yeah, you're basically like buying your way out of the tax. It's like playing an over – it's like getting no overlay on a contest. Yeah, exactly. And uh, over time, that is a profitable strategy, over time. And the way you put it is the simplest way to put it, right? You just have to look at it by the math. Yep. So Atlanta, nine and a half, ten 10 points in some spots. 
over the Houston Rockets. Uh, let's just start with Atlanta because once we get to Houston, we're going to have to dissect this and it's certainly going to take a minute. Yeah, so the first place we have to start here is Clint Capella is questionable, as is Onyeka Okongwu. Um, if Okongwu is out, it doesn't matter at all. If Clint Capella is out, though, uh, all bets are off for the rest of this Atlanta team. We saw Collins start. He'll probably be at the five. In theory, Okongwu could play more minutes if he is in. We might see Bruno Fernando. They can move this stuff around. Gallo could get back into the starting lineup. They have plenty of options to rotate through if Clint Capella happens to be out. And that's going to create at least a little bit of value. For right now, I have Clint Capella projected as in. He looks like a pretty good, actually, center option. 8,300 on FanDuel, 7,700 on DraftKings. And he's going to deal with, if he's on the floor, either Justin Patton or no center whatsoever. I think that Clint Capella can do pretty well in those scenarios. He's not a little dude by any means. Like he's a guy that you actually want to play a center against. Justin Patton's probably not that guy. So I really like the idea of getting to Clint Capella if he can be in. And then one way or the other, you need to be playing a lot of Trey Young on FanDuel. For some reason, he's 10200 on DraftKings, $1,200 cheaper on FanDuel at wow. 9K. No brainer projected for 32% ownership right now. You're probably playing Trey young in cash games on FanDuel. I think that he should be owned about 30% of the time. So I'm right in line with the field. And that again, I'm, I'm getting there with Capella in if Capella ends up out, if Okongu ends up out, I'm probably projecting a little bit more usage to Trey young, particularly against a Houston team. That is just a hair shorthanded at this point. I don't even know like four of the names of the guys that are actually playing for Houston. Yeah. So you got to get to Trey young on FanDuel. I don't mind him for 10 2 on DraftKings. That's just a really big price tag. I like Clint Capella more than I like anything else, though, on DK. Guess what the Rockets' offensive rating over the last month is? Is it negative? It's 100.3. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that really makes, bad. That makes sense. I mean, they're playing like seven guys a night that shouldn't even be in the NBA. Right. It's easily the worst in the league over that span. Yeah. Uh, their defensive rating is fourth worst in the league over that stretch. And also, you know, there's bad teams generally play up in pace. Not all of them, right? Not all of them, but this one yeah. does. Rockets averaging almost 104 possessions per 48. So they make for a really good matchup always. Honestly, Josh, the biggest issue with the Houston Rockets at this point is them getting blown out. Like that's, yeah. that really is the biggest issue because their offense is so, so bad. They're averaging 17 fewer points per 100 possessions on offense than they're allowing on defense so yeah they're a really good team to like for atlanta on the atlanta side you want to try to grab a few of their good defensive rebounders because you should expect houston to be chucking up a lot of garbage today yep they have to they absolutely have to so another reason i like clint capella a lot yeah or oh yeah john collins a ton if capella ends up being out I collins might have 20 boards that that's what i was going to say if clint capella ends up sitting John Collins is one of the top options on the entire slate. Yeah, I would want to be grabbing like John Collins rebound props the moment you get any of that news. Immediately go to a sports book and find out where it is because his rebounding prop is going to go up by like two or three after that. Yeah, oh, well, it'll, yeah, you got to hit that before it's off the board, no yeah. doubt about yeah. it. Because sometimes it'll come off the board depending on when the news is and it just never comes back. Yep. But you know, you're going to crush that. Man, if his, I would be curious. I don't think we have props. We probably don't have. Play oh wait, we might have them. All right, let's see. Let's see if we have this. Because Capella is questionable, though. I'm not. Yeah, it's not there. So maybe we'll get it a little bit later in the day. 
but yeah, absolutely hit that. Um, anybody else for Atlanta stand out to you? I'm, I'm looking to see. I can actually get to a John a undetermined book right now. Nine and a half is the Collins rebound prop. Really? Slight shading to the under. Now, again, they're also making these lines based on the like their probability of what they think Clint Capella is actually going to do right. today. So that's, that is also baked into it a bit. Where do I have Collins from a rebound perspective right now? Just for poops and ha-has. Collins. So I have him at seven and a half right now. So uh, that kind of leads me to think that Capella might be more out than in. Interesting. Yeah, right? Nine and a half? Yeah, because I think that that number for Collins goes up to nine something if Capella ends up out. Something to pay attention to. Is there juice on the under for that one? Like, is it a little bit shaded under? Okay. Minus 110, minus 130 for over under. So nothing too crazy, but definitely slightly to the under. Uh, Anything else you want to hit on with Atlanta before we get into this mess that is the Houston Rockets? No, I don't really think uh, so. 4K Bogdan Bogdanovich on DraftKings probably needs a little bit of a conversation. I don't think he's the same sort of value on FanDuel, but we're starting to see his minutes climb a little bit. Kevin Herders are coming down. So, you know, if Herder sees two or three less minutes, they're going to want to get Bogdanovich more time. I have him in for 24 minutes right now at 4K against Houston. I think that's a nice spot for Bogdanovich to sort of right his own ship. I'm sure playing Houston makes you feel a little healthier. Well, the Houston Rockets are without John Wall, mm-hmm. without David Nwaba. Christian mm-hmm. Wood is doubtful, so you know he's not playing. No. Daniel House and Ben McLemore are questionable. I mean, if those guys end up sitting, it's going to get even more insane because you have no P.J. Tucker. Eric Gordon's out for the foreseeable future. Dude, there's, there's nothing here. There's nothing no. left. And you know, now you're get, looking at an opportunity to say maybe play – Kevin Porter, but he's uh, priced up. We'll talk about him. We'll talk about Oladipo. There's just not, there just aren't a lot of bodies and nope. namely bodies that you've heard of, as you mentioned in this one, Josh. Yeah. Oladipo, Porter, Jason Tate. I, the, 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 the biggest question now is like, does do McLemore and Daniel L. House play? Because if both of those guys or even one of them sit, this gets even me- uh, messier than it already is. Yeah, so I think the easiest way to do this is going to break it down like this. I am projecting Daniel House and Ben McLemore in right now. Yeah, I think you have if, to. If they are in on a FanDuel level, Victor Oladipo, Kevin Porter, Kenyon Martin Jr., they're all in the high 20s in projected ownership. I think that is too low. I think they should be in the mid-30s. So I will be smashing Oladipo, Porter, and Kenyon Martin on Fandle. That's 7,700, 6K, and Martin at the flat minimum once again. Just truly no-brainer to me. On the DraftKings side, same scenario. Those House, McLemore, in. Oladipo, Porter, Martin, and Sterling Brown, all in the, I mean, like Martin's 3% owned in 5,300. I still like him. 7% owned for Sterling Brown at 4,800. I like him twice as much as the field. I'd like Victor Oladipo in 20% of my lineups. Kevin Porter Jr. still in 20% of my lineups, even at 7K. There's just not a lot of opportunity to go around, and that dude's usage rate has looked pretty solid over three games. Now, if House ends up being out, because I think that's the biggest piece, I think Daniel House is probably irrelevant whether he plays or not, but I think you can then start looking a little bit at Jay Sean Tate. He's sort of appropriately priced at this point. 
but the minutes just become so firm that you don't feel bad grabbing anybody else from Houston. I'm not really excited to get to Justin Patton, but if he's getting no ownership, that is a very good contrarian play, whether that's FanDuel or DK, given that spot, especially if Clint Capella ends up being out, matchup just gets a little bit better for Justin Patton. So Victor Oladipo, Porter, Martin, Patton, Brown, and Tate. I think you could sort of just roster like 30% of all of those guys, basically, if House and McLemore end up being out. I don't get the sense that I get to Mason Jones or Anthony Lamb with any sort of regularity today. So if House and McLemore are in, and I know you touched on this a little bit, but that's a, that's a lot to digest for people it is. watching. It if is. they are in, yeah. do you have any true priorities for Houston? Because right now our ownership, and yes. of course it's in flux. It always changes throughout the day. Uh, it's the most accurate, closest to lock. So beware of that. If you are an awesome subscriber, that's just the way it works. And, and the way any ownership works yeah. right now, doesn't have any of these guys with really massive ownership. No, I think that's wrong too. So yes, uh, I would say that Victor Oladipo and Kevin Porter Jr. are both priorities to me on DraftKings, even if House and McLemore are in. Oladipo, Porter, and Martin on FanDuel are 1,000% priorities. Three of my favorite, probably 10 plays on the entire slate. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm loading up on this Houston team. It's not going to be fun, but I don't really see it. It's just the easiest way to buy minutes. And honestly... I'm with you on Kevin Porter. It, it doesn't, at first glance, you look at that and you say, I can't do that. But yeah. he's got a 28% usage rate in these two games. He's a young player, right? That had some issues in Cleveland. They got rid of him. They brought him to Houston. And in Houston, they clearly, Steven Silas clearly wanted to figure out a way to not rush him back into things and, and to develop him. And they did that. Over the course of the beginning of this season, he was in G League. They brought him up. He didn't play. Now he's played three games. He's played 29, 38, and 30 minutes. He's got a, a few really solid games mixed in there. And now you've got no Christian Wood. DeMarcus Cousins is gone. John Wall is out. Eric Gordon is out. All of these guys that would have soaked up a lot of usage are gone. So outside of Victor Oladipo, there is not another person that or player that should have as high a usage rate as Kevin Porter. And I'd even go as far to say, just given the overall construction of this team, the rebuilding uh, of this team, I wouldn't be surprised if Kevin Porter is the highest usage player in scenarios like this on the Rockets. Yeah, uh, he's been at 1.15 fantasy points per minute uh, in his return. That rate at 32 minutes, which by the way, I don't think 32 minutes is like, the ceiling either no, uh, that's 30 not. that's 37 fantasy points like I'm, I'm happy to grab Kevin Porter I think he's underpriced significantly on FanDuel and closer to appropriately priced for this matchup today on DraftKings I love it I, I, I don't see a way around it today I'm with you feels a little weird just given that price point on a guy that's played three games all year you know yeah but, but look like he is an actual prospect in the NBA sure. on a team that. of not those kind of guys. <laughs> exactly. Right. On a team that just has absolutely nothing outside yeah. of Oladipo. Um, did you say Oladipo would be a priority? 
Yeah, so Oladipo is my favorite play from Houston. 7,700 on FanDuel is criminally underpriced. He's been at 1.2 fantasy points per minute over the past 30 days. That's still where I have him, but at 7,700, leading the ship north of 30% usage. No-brainer to me. I like him more on FanDuel than I do on DraftKings because he's $600 more expensive on DK, but that's not slowing me down. He's still one of the better plays on DraftKings on the whole slate, not just from Houston. Yep, and by the way, just to be clear, of course I expect Oladipo to be the highest usage player on this team i'm just saying that kevin porter might not actually be that far behind him uh, no they're really the only two that have a shot exactly right it's just it's one and one a at this point you hear about our ownership our player projections our our uh lineup builder the boom bust tool the top stack tool top stack tool is just massive for football and baseball uh, and so many other sports where stacking is key it's it's my favorite tool on the entire site other than the obviously necessary ownership and player projections. I love that uh, top stack tool. I love the boom bust tool for, for basketball. Uh, Alex introduced it for football this season as well. He's the number one ranked DFS player in the world for a reason. These are his tools that he uses. We're not just throwing a name on them or a label on them. These are his tools. He built these tools and uses these exact tools every single day to win a lot of money playing NBA DFS and so do uh, a lot of people that, that are subscribers at our site and a lot of the pros that work at, at Awesome O that you know of who also, if you do decide to sign up, do office hours in premium Slack chat. Josh does it all the time. Alex is in there. Uh, Steve Buzzard, one of the, uh, easily one of the best players out there. Guy is always at the top of contest. Uh, you've seen him, DeCults, uh, and, and so many more. In there, Ben Rasa, and I don't know, Josh, I'm, I'm, for, I'm forgetting, but we got just a lot of really great players that have made a living playing DFS, answering your questions. That's just one of the perks on top of all the tools, on top of all the articles, uh, the Fantasy Cruncher add-on, and all of that great stuff. And if yeah. you want to get in and see what all of this is about, use the promo code SHAMROCK. Is SHAMROCK still going? I was out for two weeks. Good, good I, until I, tomorrow. Okay, figured as much since tomorrow is St. Patrick's Day. Use the promo code SHAMROCK. Get 50% off your first week of Awesome O Plus Platinum All Access. That's everything included, not Fantasy Cruncher because that's an add-on and we have no control over that. But everything else, SHAMROCK, AwesomeO.com slash join, or I believe you'd go to AwesomeO.com slash promos and get that taken care of. Check it out. 50% off your first week. And if you're a college basketball person, you love college basketball, you're stoked for March Madness, we got a full March Madness package, everything included from shows to articles to projections, all of our tools, brilliant minds in Ben Ross and Matt Kajewski heading that one up, less than $30 for the entire March Madness package. That's at awesome.com slash join. So check it out. Join the family. Make sure to sign up or make sure to join our premium Slack chat when you do. It's It's a tool that should not go overlooked either. All right, man. You uh, ready to move on? Oh, I was born ready. Let's do it. New York, Philadelphia. New York Knicks on the road against the Sixers. Seven-point dogs here, 217 total. Joel Embiid sidelined for a couple weeks. But on the New York side, Albert Payton and Derrick Rose, I have them both out, but I don't know. Like, we don't have any confirmation yet. They're playing their second of a back-to-back. Both of them sat yesterday, quickly got another 30-plus minutes. Let's actually start with him, assuming that Alfred Payton and um, and Derrick Rose are out, and then we can work our way through this team. 
Yeah, so quickly is 5,200 on FanDuel, 5,800 on DraftKings. Played north of 30 minutes yesterday. Got the start, which made him uh, feel pretty safe. He was chalky yesterday. He's chalky again today. Uh, 20% owned on DraftKings. 26% projected ownership on FanDuel. I am completely fine with both of those. I actually think he's a bit under-owned on DK. I only gave him 30 minutes, and I think he's under-owned, and I think that the number can get a little bit higher um, just from a minutes perspective. So I'm happy to go right back to quickly. If we end up getting Peyton back or Rose back, I will be happy to get immediately away from quickly. I assume his minutes just tank and you don't want to play him at the 5K spot. But right now, assuming those guards are out, I'm going right back there. But that's not all I'm doing for the Knicks. I think $9,200 Julius Randle on FanDuel looks really good at the power forward spot. He is picking up ownership. I think it's warranted. RJ Barrett picking up a little bit of ownership. I think that is warranted. But the guy that we really need to talk about here. $3,800 Reggie Bullock for the Knicks on DraftKings. Only 6% owned. Monster minutes these last two games. And it feels like when Tibbs has a guy or two guys out at a position, he doesn't really go to guys further down the bench. He just plays someone ungodly minutes. And that has been Reggie Bullock. We just saw it happen with Nerlens Noel when Taj Gibson and Mitchell Robinson were out. They didn't just continue to go 28-20 with like uh, Ovi Toppin or something. They just played Nerlens Noel 40 minutes. That's what they're doing with Bullock right now. I gave him 33 minutes and I think he looks like a great value. What if he plays 38 or 39 again? I mean, you're going to, he's he's projected for 6% ownership. That is an unquestioned solid value option today. You're absolutely right. Dude, 37 and 42 minutes over his last two games. Sixers over the last month have the best defensive rating, but guess what? It hurts a little bit more when you don't have Joel Embiid anchoring your defense. I still think they're a good defense, but yeah. I don't care if they are a good defense. If I, Listen, I don't think anyone would argue that Reggie Bullock is a quality fantasy player, right? That, that's not the case. No. He's a .65 DraftKings point per minute player this year. Very simply, the argument that, that I'm making and that, that just to, to ride what you're saying and what you're making is if he plays 40 minutes in regulation, you know, even at 0.65 fantasy points per minute, that's still 26 DraftKings points. Yeah. Uh, and that's assuming that he, does, that he does no better than his average. Now, he could do worse, but at 3,800, 40 minutes from Reggie Bullock, you don't have to be good to know that that is, and I'm not saying he's going to get 40, but he, he played 42 minutes yesterday, Josh. Yeah. Yeah. It's look, I have him projected. He last 30 days on FanDuel. He's been a 0.58 guy. I have him projected today at 0.59 and he still shows up as a really nice value option at 33 minutes. What I thought was like the most pessimistic minutes projection I could give him. So there is built in upside and the field is already below that mark. By the way, uh, so far this year, Joel Embiid off the floor is the, the team defense is 5.3 points worse when he leaves. That's still good. Like they're still not a bad defense when he leaves, but they're the not, floor, elite. but they're not the best defense in the league when he's there anymore. But so like, you know, it's better for the Knicks, but it's, you're st- still not a dream scenario. Dwight Howard's still a really good, you know, defensive center. So, or Tony Bradley, I guess. For sure. Julius Randle just on another planet right now. And yeah. you just absolutely have to love what he's doing. He is, when you look at touches, you can go to tracking on nba.com slash stats. And a lot of times you're going to have guards or, you know, certain, certain forwards that just dominate the ball. 
That is, Julius Randle is one of the leaders in touches and has been all season. Uh, you look at potential assists per game, way more than any almost any big man. He's up there with, with the Nikola Jokic and the Demonis Sabonises of the league, yeah. rebounding well, um, scoring well. Everything he's done has been great. And a matter of fact, on the floor with quickly this year with Peyton and Rose off, his usage actually hovers up around 30%. Uh, permanent production close to 1.4. Julius Randle, and I, because people say, oh, well, maybe quickly he's just a gunner. This It doesn't matter because yeah. he's he's not a premier facilitator and he's not just going to take food out of the mouth of Julius Randle, who has been extraordinarily good. But Josh, now the price point that you're getting on Julius Randle is up there with some of the best players in the league. And I, and I know Joel Embiid isn't playing, but... Almost 10K for Randall gets a little bit difficult. Yeah, I don't I don't love the $9,900 price tag on DraftKings. Showed up in the optimal for me about 8% of the time. It's so good. It's crazy. Pub, public ownership is around 11. So I think he's properly owned there. But I, I do think that you can get to a lot more on FanDuel where you have to roster two power forwards. He's $700 cheaper as well. So he's somebody that I'd like to have probably 20 to 30% of on FanDuel. I'm guessing Julius Randle gets a pretty steady dose of Ben Simmons in this one, which will be a really interesting matchup for him. That's what I mean. That's where I would have Simmons. I would imagine. I don't know why you would want to put him on anybody else. That will be interesting for sure. Uh, I laid six points on the, on the Sixers though. They're just, even without Embiid, they're playing really good basketball right now. And they're just, they're steamrolling teams. So, um, this feels like an opportunity right now to to grab that Sixers team that's that's playing well, even without Embiid. You know, if Embiid was playing, they'd probably be, I don't know, 11, 12-point favorites, something crazy like that at home. They got some fans back at the Wells Fargo Center. So uh, I like the Sixers to win this and, and cover. I don't know if you can still get it at six, but um, it's a spot I like. I, I think as far as New York is concerned, though, you have Quickly, you have Randall. And then you start working your way down to the Barretts and the, and this is assuming Rose and, and Peyton are out and yeah. the Alec Burks who played 24 minutes last game. You know, I think you're right about Bullock from a value standpoint. He feels like the guy I'd rather go to even ahead of Alec Burks. I'd rather take the $900 discount and hope that he gets another, you know, 18 more minutes than Burks does. Yeah. Uh, same for me. I would much rather have Bullock than Burks just because I mean, honestly, the expectation is likely that Bullock plays 10 more minutes than Alec Burks does. And he's, I know he's a much better fantasy point per minute guy, but I would rather bet on minutes on a seven game slate. So would I, and no, Brian, I promise that is not a bias here. Uh, as Josh knows no one bets against the Sixers as much as I do. Okay. So. Yeah. I, yeah, I know. I ended up with a mustache because of it. <laughs> Anything else for the Knicks? Um. I mean, if Rose or Peyton are in, it, it makes this team look a lot worse and uh, probably removes Bullock from the equation. But no matter who comes back, I think Julius Randle on Fandle is always going to look good. Gambit says Bullock is trash. I'm uh, not mentioning an expletive in there. But yeah. the thing is, we know that. Like, yeah, yeah. Bull- Bullock's not very good. The whole point was that close to minimum salary if he plays 40 minutes again. Like if he plays almost the entire game. Yeah, it's... The talent level is uh, not as important. Right. What are your thoughts on the Sixers today with uh, out Joel Embiid, Tony Bradley getting 28% projected ownership right now in the early stages of the day. 
He played only 21 minutes last time, but uh, he's cheap and he's getting a serious amount of love right now, it appears. Yeah, I don't really, I'm not really there for it, I guess, maybe. I don't know. Uh, It's not that I don't like Tony Bradley, but I don't really have any kind of concept of how many minutes he plays. Does he even start? Do they start Dwight? Do they start Mike Scott? Like, they do some weird stuff. The rotations seem to never be the same. If it is Tony Bradley, do you expect him to close? I would say probably not. At which point, does he have to, though? Do they really need it? So, I I like him here probably a little bit more than you do because last game they were up by 42 points early in the fourth. They were up by like 30-something late in the third quarter. So, he played 21 minutes through the first uh, three quarters. And if if that's the case, and I know what you're saying is maybe he doesn't close. You you can certainly be right about that. But in the event that he does, now, mind you, his his first quarter rotation was eight minutes. Then he played seven in the second. He was pacing around, if this game stayed close, he was pacing 30 minutes. Am I giving him 30 minutes? No. But do I think Bradley could give you 25 to 27, maybe even 28 minutes? I do think he could get there. That game was just so out of control that there was really no point of playing him. And you're not going to Dwight Howard at $6,000. I think Doc likes Howard off the bench as an energy guy. But I don't think you're going to see – I don't think Howard closes these games out. Plus, he's been so foul-prone as well. So, I do like – I think I like Bradley a little bit more than you do. Plus, you know how I am and, and how you are. We all should be. Value centers are the most valuable pieces in basketball because they yeah. can just fall into stats unless you're like P.J. Tucker. Yeah, uh, it, it's a tricky spot. The, the minutes are the whole equation here. So, I have him in for 22 to start the day. If I put him at 26, I think – I like him as much as the field, yeah, but I, I also think that's a little risky. Like if the field is already there at 28% on DraftKings and 31% on FanDuel, I think there's a lot of downside to Tony Bradley today. Um, it's a little bit different on FanDuel because of the positional change. I, I think it's just easier to get to him at the flat minimum there, but on DK at 3,700, there are a lot of value pieces today that I don't think that he necessarily has to be 28% owned. Um once we like, if, and when we confirm that he is starting, I think that I'd feel comfortable increasing his minutes slightly just because that then opens up all of the right paths for him to close. But I mean, Ben Simmons is going to close clearly Tobias Harris is going to close. I would assume it's Seth Curry and Danny green. And then the fifth spot is sort of open for whatever you would like. I think that that fifth spot can really be many different guys. It's possible. So what, you think Tobias could be at the five? If if you're if all you have to do is guard, like, is Nerlens Noel closing? If it is, I don't think it's a huge problem to have someone else on Nerlens Noel. If Randall is closing somehow at the five, which they did play a little bit of Randall at the five yesterday, I believe, I, I don't think that it matters at all if you have Tony Bradley or... Uh, like Dwight Howard potentially like I don't think Dwight's okay. closing or anything like that you can Ben Simmons can very easily be the nominal five for this Sixers team guarding sure. Julius Randle and if it's a close game we've seen Doc Rivers go with uh, Matisse Dybul, uh yeah. defensively because he's a defensive beast mm-hmm. but uh, I, I'm giving Tony Bradley 25 minutes right now and at 25 okay. minutes uh, I like him I, w- I will also point out, though, and, and I don't necessarily disagree with what you're saying. This could look a lot different come the end of the game. But uh, 
Bradley is a plus easy plus one per minute guy on the year. So even if he only plays, because he would have played at least 22 at that game, not been totally out of control. It, yeah. If he plays even 22, you could still be looking at a, at a 30 fantasy point game from him. So I, I think there's yeah. a floor on Tony Bradley against the Knicks. Uh, on the 11th, when Embiid was out, also with Simmons, Bradley played 21 and a half. Last game I have with Embiid out was then February 15th. That also included Shake Milton out. In that game, Dwight Howard played 26 minutes. Tony Bradley did not play at all. So there's not really a lot that we could look into from that respect. I think I just think there's a lot of minutes variability there. I want to try to get minutes variability guys when they're low owned in GPPs, when they're already pretty highly owned. I feel like I can squeeze out value elsewhere. I do agree though. He does look like a good value play. And at 22 minutes, I would still have some Tony Bradley. I just think he's over-owned for right now. If he gets officially named the starter, which he probably does, I think that I probably go up to 24 and I get a little bit more. But right now, 30% on Tony Bradley is not a guy that I want to get a lot of. Ben Simmons is the guy I want to get a lot of. 8,200 on FanDuel. I'm locked and loaded there. I think he's wildly under-owned at only 26%. It's my fourth favorite guy on FanDuel right now. That price tag is not a problem. He, even in a bad matchup against the Knicks, huge pace down spot. Simmons thrives when Joel Embiid is not on the floor. I really want to get to Simmons. I really want to get to at least a little bit of Tobias Harris on FanDuel and DK, a little bit less so on DraftKings because of the price. But Ben Simmons is the clear star of the show for me for Philly. All right. 1.27 DraftKings points per minute without Joel Embiid on the floor this season. Yeah. Um, A usage rate of 24.3, but... You know, you're going to have to get it. Ben Simmons has games where he just completely disappears, even without Joel Embiid on the floor. But you have seen him at least a little bit more aggressive recently uh, in in spots where he needs to be. It's just nothing's more frustrating than him attempting 10 field goals in the first half, hitting eight of them, and then attempting one field goal in the second half. It's so frustrating. Does that bother you? Oh, it's it's, it's awful. But It's not not fun. Not at all. I will say... With Ben Simmons on the floor this year and Joel Embiid off, it has not gone well for the 76ers. Minus 7.8 over 658 possessions, a 117 defensive rating, that is 15th percentile in the league, and a 109.4 offensive rating, 34th percentile in the league. So they are a below average offense with Ben Simmons on and Joel Embiid off and a below average defense. That's why he's the MVP, man. You know, not saying he'll win it, but that's why I think he should have been. Yeah. You want to move on? Sure. OKC, Chicago. OKC, uh, five and a half point dogs here, 225 total. No Al Horford, no Darius Baisley. Ludor and Teo Maladon are both questionable. So mm-hmm. here's another strange one that kind of like the, the next game, New Orleans and Portland, won't take long for us to get through it all. Neither will Minnesota and the Lakers. But uh, here's the last here's the last one we have to get through. Uh, of the all of the craziness with this OKC team. So I'll throw it over to you. What are you thinking for the Thunder? Lock and load a bunch of these dudes. Shea Gilgis-Alexander is 8K on FanDuel. You need 35, 40, 50% of him. No-brainer. One of the best plays of the day. Same sort of story on 80, at 8,800 on DraftKings. You just uh, you have to be a little bit more muted. I'm locking up uh, Pogoszewski, 4,500 on Fandle, 4,400 on DK. We've got him projected for 9 and 16% ownership. I'm going to have like 20 or 30 
across FanDuel and DK. I think Isaiah Roby is very much in play, 4,700 and 5,300. Then we need to talk about the chalk on DraftKings. 69% owned Moses Brown at 3,500. Puts that Tony Bradley ownership in perspective too. Not so sure that I want 69% Moses Brown today, but he is to me the best play on DraftKings coming from the Thunder. I still like him on FanDuel at 4,200. He's projected for 34% ownership there. To me, that is just a bit too high. His minutes, he's got the same sort of variability as well. I think it's a little bit firmer for Moses Brown than it is for Tony Bradley, just because Oklahoma City just doesn't have enough bodies. After that, you're working your way through like Ty Jerome and Kenrich Williams and Spee. I don't have tons of interest there. If A lot will come down to whether or not Lou Dort plays. He's questionable. I have him in right now. It looks like a passable play. If he ends up out, we probably create a little bit more value. Maybe Spee gets a little bit more playing time, but... Just core guys, SGA, Pogashevsky, Moses Brown. These are guys you're going to have in a lot of lineups today. FanDuel yeah. or DraftKings. The Moses Brown ownership is is insane, dude. Yeah. But you know, how it's do you fade, get away? It's a fade at that number in a GPP for sure. What's up? He's a fade in a GPP for me for sure. Uh, a fade or just because some people mix this up or just an underweight player? A, a very much an underweight play to me. Okay. But I mean, do, what what do you what do you anticipate having on someone like him at that ownership? If if I knew right now that he was sixty nine percent owned on DraftKings, I would probably have something in like the thirty five to okay. forty range. Right. Yeah. I just want to be clear. You're not saying Moses Brown is someone you're going to have zero of in one hundred and fifty lineups. You know? No. And again, that's at eleven o'clock in the morning. This that all of these numbers can change. That's why I post updates later on in the day. But for right now, if I if Locke was in two minutes, I would probably have about. 40% of Moses Brown on DraftKings. Okay, so one more time. Top options from OKC? SGA, Pogashevsky, Isaiah Brown, Moses... Wait, Isaiah Roby, Moses Brown. Jeez. Okay. Makes sense to me. On the other side of this one, then, you've got the Chicago uh, Chicago Bulls. This is one where you just don't have a lot of injury news, and uh, I guess while I was away, Laurie Markkinen made his triumphant and long-awaited return. By no one, really. But yeah. uh, anyway, he's played a few games now, and they're starting to get healthy. Anything you like from the Bulls? Yeah, kind of. So marking in for one, 5,500 on FanDuel, 6K on DraftKings, starting. They mixed up their starting rotation uh, the last game out. So they took Kobe White out. They took Wendell Carter Jr. out. Now Tomas Sadoransky in, Thad Young in. We'll see if that continues. Um, so I'm happy to get to a bit of marketing. I think he's a little under-owned on DK at 6K, only projected for 8% ownership. I have a more around 18%. Feel similarly about him on FanDuel. I think Levine looks a little bit better on DraftKings at 9K compared to the $9,400 price tag he has on FanDuel. Then the guy that we really need to talk about here, not a great play at 4,200, but Tomas Sadoransky is 3,600 on DraftKings today, projected for almost 28% ownership. I think that might be a little aggressive, although I do think he has some minutes upside, but Sadoransky looks like a great value play for Chicago against an Oklahoma City team that is clearly missing quite a few dudes, not really at their peak. And Sadoransky might be starting at 3,600. Yeah, he's not bad either. Would you rather play Sadoransky or Reggie Bullock? Uh, I can give you like the actual answer to that. (laughs) What'd you say? I'm going to give you the actual answer to that because I haven't like... The context between those two guys is pretty far. So Sadoransky, I have in the optimal lineup. 
18.9% of the time. Pretty high, actually. Bullock, 13 and a half. So I'd rather play Sadoransky. All right. Makes sense to me. Anything else you have interest in from Chicago, or is it mostly just some value in, in Tomas? Uh, like Thad Young's at 17% ownership on DK at 6,100. You need a really specific game out of Thad to be worth that 6,100 price tag today. I get why people are going there. I'm not entirely sure that I want to continue to project Thad Young as a 1.4 fantasy point per minute guy moving forward, no matter what the change in role is. That's a illustrious company at that rate. Certainly is. Pelicans, Portland Trailblazers, 241 total. This should be a track meet. One yeah. and a half points. The uh, Blazers favorite at home. Kicking it off with the Pels, who seem to have been pretty much healthy this season, Josh. You know, you look at this team. Yeah. They haven't dealt with really any of the issues, COVID-related and massive injury-related news that other teams have. Zion, Ingram, uh, Lonzo, Stephen Adams, Bledsoe, Josh Hart. They're all healthy once again. You've got no Redick, but, I mean, that's about it. Uh, the question is, and the reason I bring that up, is because when all of these guys are healthy, it just makes them a wholly unappealing team on most nights. Yeah, uh, this is sort of back into like that Utah-Boston section that we were talking about. Feel free to play Zion and Brandon Ingram. They're, you know, like 15 to 20% guys pretty much all I the like time. I like Zion today, just given the matchup, given the pace of this game for sure. Yeah, I'm anxious to see if they go to Zion more at the five in the non-Enos Cantor minutes because I don't really think that Robert Covington or Derek Jones or Mello or whoever you want to call the nominal five for Portland, that's not really much of an issue if Zion is at the five. He should, I mean, I would, every time Enos Cantor came off the floor, my goal would be to have Zion play the five and stretch this team out. I think that would be a really nice look for the Pelicans. I wouldn't be putting Jackson Hayes on the floor at all in those situations. To me, that's just a full waste. So I do really like getting to Zion. I like getting to Brandon Ingram, both quality plays all the time. I think you can mix in Lonzo, 6,800 on both sites. After that, it's just filler at best. Um, you know, Eric Bledsoe has been truly atrocious. 0.76 FanDuel points per minute for Eric Bledsoe awful. over the last 30 days. And he plays a lot. It's crazy. He it's has awful. just stopped being a functional NBA player. I don't totally understand it. Just keep your focus on Zion and Brandon Ingram, and you'll be a lot happier. All right. I don't disagree with that at all. Uh, I don't think either of them are like top-tier priority options, but both yeah. of them are, are are very solid. Zion, yeah. to me, is my favorite option from New Orleans. Uh, on the Portland side of the basketball, you've got no no real significant ownership right here, Josh, and there is one very specific reason for that. Yeah. CJ McCollum, no longer on the injury report. Now, his last game was – Actually, pretty interesting. Not interesting, but it's funny. Well, exactly two calendar months ago. So January 16th was his last game. So he returns exactly two months later. And I would assume that CJ McCollum will in some. That I'm not rostering CJ McCollum, but dealing with a foot injury. He probably is limited. The issue now, though, is you're paying a massive premium for Damian Lillard. Yep, that's exactly what I heard you say. All of that stuff was perfect. Um, Why, what were you doing? Uh, no, you were doing. Uh, you were not really with us for most of that conversation, but that's fine. I can carry Why? this. You, you were you were in and out. Jordan will give you facial oh, expressions. Oh, okay. I thought, you were saying, I thought you were saying what I said didn't make any sense. You're saying you couldn't hear me. 
Correct. I said, CJ McCollum is returning. He's probably going to be limited. There's no way you can roster him. But now Damian Lillard is essentially priced like CJ McCollum is still out. Correct. Yes. Uh, with that said, I will happily still get to Damian Lillard at the point guard spot on FanDuel. 10,100 projected for 34% ownership. Might be a tad high. Don't think you can avoid him against the Pelicans because it's a 240 total. And that is just quite clearly, unequivocally, not even close, the best fantasy game on the slate. So I I still want to get to Lillard. I want to get to Cantor on FanDuel at 6,200, 23% projected ownership. Again, I think that's a little high, but still a great play. On DraftKings, though, Lillard, Cantor, Covington are fine 10 percenters. I don't see the value on DK as much. This is mostly just Lillard and Cantor on FanDuel for me. CJ, not playable. I don't know. Gary Trent's done as far as I'm concerned. No mellow. Now, any of these guys, if you're only getting people, it's got to be Lillard because he is the tip of the spear for this team or Cantor at center because he just, it doesn't really matter if CJ's back or not for Cantor. All right. Yeah. I mean, very high total in this game. It's just on DraftKings. There's, there's not much you can do with those prices for the, for the, Blazers. No, no, it's they're they're all priced like CJ McCollum is still out. And even then, like they're not exactly great prices either way. Right. And hey, as you guys know, all of our shows available in podcast form. If you don't, if you don't want to go on YouTube, you don't maybe you want to close your phone, put it in your pocket, you're doing some work, you're doing whatever, uh, you can listen to it on the uh, the Apple Podcast, Spotify, where wherever podcasts are available, we've got you. And the last thing, Josh. Before we get to this final game between Minnesota and the Lakers is we got to say hi to our sponsor, No House Advantage. And there's there's a lot of things in life that you do because it's advantageous to you, right? Everything you do is is for a reason. Well, when it comes to No House Advantage, there are very simple reasons to sign up and start playing over there. The first one, all of the tools for No House Advantage are at awesomeo.com entirely free, right? You want to get the No House Advantage uh, prop player prop projections from Alex Baker? Boom, free. You want to get the optimal lineup store, uh, optimal lineup tool? Boom, free. It's a uh, tournament style contest with player props, peer to peer format, where you pick the ones that you like best. They get more points, the more confident you are. You put them up top. The ones you're less confident, you put at the bottom. It's a GPP-style format, and we've got all of the tools entirely free when you sign up at NoHouse. If you sign up there, go to Awesomeo. It's all free, even if you're not a subscriber at Awesomeo. Also, use the promo code Awesomeo at NoHouse Advantage. Get a first match deposit up to $20. Um, I don't know, Josh. I, I just look at this, and I say, you know, we always – you do this because of this. You do this because of this. You sign up in the house advantage because there's free tools and you get $20 when you sign up. Yeah. It's, I don't really know what else to tell people about no house advantage at this point, because we're just giving everyone the goods in many ways, whether that's sign up bonuses, optimal lineups that just exist on the website when you need them, the full odds on all of the props that exist. It's just all out there for you. If you're interested in building up any sort of bankroll, this is the spot to do it. Uh, we have everything available for you, and it won't even cost you a cent. You'll actually get additional money by making a deposit and using our deposit code. And there's a decent chance you see some overlay, and you're paying bas- you're playing basically like no overlay contests too. It will not get better than that for you in any 
other format. Uh, unequivocally, no house advantage is the spot to build your bankroll. Absolutely. And I'm sure they wouldn't like me saying this, but you want to take some of those winnings and put them over to DraftKings or FanDuel, go for it. But yeah. what better way to build it up than to go to somewhere like no house advantage where you're getting overlay and you're getting yeah. tools that most people playing there don't even know about. So, yeah, you know, like, it, your money isn't worth more if you win on DraftKings and FanDuel. Money right. is money. Take it where you can get it and take it in the easier spots. Yep. Download the No House Advantage app. Beat your friends, not the house, and use that promo code AWESEMO, A-W-E-S-E-M-O, to get your $20 match deposit, what, deposit when you sign up. All right, man, we're almost through it. Minnesota and the Lakers. This one's like the good old days. You know, we're an hour, yep. 13 minutes into it. We'll wrap it up with this. Lakers, nine-point favorites at home, 223 total. They are playing their second of a back-to-back, but let's flip it to the Minnesota side. Start with them. They're still down Russ. They're still down Beasley. Um, what are we doing with the Minnesota Timberwolves? Oh, I hate this team, man. I truly, truly hate this team. And it's not for <laughs> like any particular reason. They're just impossible. One, I feel like everybody on this team, name begins with a J. No, Jalen Noel, Jaden McDaniels, Jake Lehman, Jared Jordan Vanderbilt, Wancho Hern- Hernan Gomez, Jordan McLaughlin, Josh Okogi. It's like wow. that's the only way they're allowed to get people. I didn't think about that. Yeah, yeah and, maybe- and unfortunately, they've got some of the, the worst Jays out there. Yeah, both literally and figuratively. Terrible jumpers and terrible Jays. <laughs> and none of these guys are actually like good fantasy players either. McDaniels, Lehman, Hernan Gomez, Okogi. These guys are all like you know, 0.8 type fantasy point per minute guys. But unfortunately we need to talk about at least a little bit about this game. Carl Anthony towns falls into that Utah Boston scenario where like, if you have 10% of Carl Anthony towns, you're never freaking out no matter what game it is. Ricky Rubio, on the other hand, though, $5,200 on FanDuel. He's 59 on DK. I think that he should be owned like 20 to 30% of the time, picking up a little bit of love on FanDuel. I don't think it's enough. Same story on DK. I don't think it's enough. And then even though that I have been eviscerating him on shows over the past couple of days, Anthony Edwards at 7K on FanDuel, 7,200 on DraftKings, playing big minutes. I think that he looks like a guy that you need to get to at relatively low ownership because that dude's just going to shoot. Every once in a while, he's just going to have days where that stuff goes in. And I think that that could be helpful. He's basically the like the least efficient player in the NBA right now. But opportunity is there. And this gives me an opportunity to buy opportunity. See what I did there? So I Towns, like it. I Towns, like it. Towns, Rubio, Edwards are the only three guys that I'm really looking at. Edwards and Rubio in particular will be the guys that I have the most coming out of Minnesota. If you're trying to get any of the random Jays, just cross your fingers and hope you get the one that plays 26 minutes. <laughs> you know, the, only, the one thing I would have liked a lot more about Edwards is the guy has to get to the line a little bit more. And, and it just yeah. shows that he's not really imposing his will, right? He's yeah. getting up a lot of shots because look at this team. But he, if he was getting to the line a little bit more, you'd be like, okay, I like what I'm seeing here. He He's making it difficult for opposing defenses, but really he's just shooting. And I guess that's fine. I, I'd love to see, again, I'd really love to see more free throws because then it tells me that he's actually playing well and, and it's difficult to stop him. But he yeah. attempted 14 threes last game. Like if you're, you're going to run out there and play almost 40 minutes Assuming this game somehow stays competitive, I don't think it does. I, I bet the Lakers, but you know, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's look, he has 
he is incredibly talented for the future. He has no real NBA skills right now other than trying to hammer on people. He's shooting yeah. 30% from three. He has the, he's a six percentile effective field goal percentage. Like none of it's good. He's really, really bad right now. That doesn't mean he can't be better in the future. And it doesn't even really matter for DFS purposes because he is going to get whatever opportunity he wants with D'Angelo Russell out and with Malik Beasley out. And that's really all that matters to me. So I'm betting on his opportunity today. Yeah, he's a 26% usage player, and that's not even factoring in Beasley and and, and Russell being out. Of course, he yeah. played plenty of games with Towns out too, so it probably balances itself. But uh, 0.94 points per shot attempt in that usage. Yikes. Dude, it's a, I mean, it's not good. It's, yeah, not, it's not good. His EFG is 44.7%. So, yeah, it's well, pretty bad. Pretty wait, bad. his true shooting is 47.9%. Yeah. My God. Yeah. I guess it doesn't matter. Just take 25 shots for me, fella. Right. That's so like, uh, it, you'll all, if you know that somebody's going to take 20 plus shots, like just buy that and hope today is the hot shooting day and you're, you're in great exactly. shape. Exactly. Um, LeBron James played 30 minutes yesterday, which was good. You know, blowout win. They they beat the they smoked the the Golden State Warriors at home. I did not expect that. I yeah. thought the Warriors would really keep that game close. They uh, can't do anything when Steph is off the floor. That offense is abysmal. It's awful, isn't it? It really is. You know, 30 minutes, but LeBron just hasn't been sitting, and he didn't play huge minutes there on the first leg of a back to back. He's getting a ton of ownership today against the Timberwolves. I've got to be honest, Josh, I'm not someone that likes to predict blowouts, but this this does feel like a spot where LeBron James gets a little bit of rest. Don't don't, don't take my word for it, please. There, there, I, what do I know? But I wouldn't be surprised if Vogel decides, all right, you know what, sit sit a little bit late in this game if they're up by, by enough against a horrible Minnesota team. Uh, what yeah. are your thoughts on James? So it's tricky. On FanDuel, I think it's a very different discussion. Uh, he's a much better play because you have to roster two small forwards and uh, raw points rule the roost and a matchup against Minnesota. I'll, I'll take LeBron in 30 minutes just trying to put a beat down on these guys. We'll probably have close to a triple-double by the time sure. he leaves if it's a blowout. So he's 42% owned on FanDuel already. I think that's slightly high, but it's reasonable. On DraftKings, he's 35% owned. I think it should be about 22. So again, I like him. I just want to be slightly below the field here. I actually like the Lakers on DraftKings as sort of a contrarian move. Dennis Schroeder's at 10% ownership. I would rather have like 15. So I would probably come in around 20 and double up on the field there. Montrez Harrell's been playing bigger minutes, 7% ownership. I'd like to get a little bit over the field there. THT, 7% ownership today. I'm not going to chase the 40 from yesterday, but I still think he's a good value at 3,600. I think he should be twice as owned at 7%. And people will be like, oh, you're chasing yesterday. That's not how this works. I just think he plays 20 minutes at a low salary. If this is a way that you can get away from, say, like Reggie Bullock, Chalk, or I know different positions, but like Tony Bradley, Chalk, go to THT at 3,600 against Minnesota, a guy that could very easily play the blowout run against Minnesota as well. So I like getting to the Lakers as sort of like sneaky, late-night hammer, contrarian options. I didn't mention Schroeder. On FanDuel, I think he's a solid play. He is picking up ownership. I kind of think the Lakers are sneaky today. I think Taylor Horton Tucker would get the blowout run. You know, he played the entire fourth quarter yesterday, and he played, I think it was, he played like 16 of the last 17 minutes of that game. 
he even played what seven, eight, nine, ten, like thirteen minutes in the first half too. So twenty. Actually, hold on a second. I'm wondering if Popcorn Machine has that wrong because he had twenty eight total minutes. What do they have in that? You got to be careful with this stuff because they can get things wrong. No, that's about what you, right. What do you want to know? No, no, that's right. That's right. I just sometimes Popcorn Machine will have six guys on the floor. And you got to be careful. And I, I thought I saw that, but we're good. No, I, I think you're right. And it would be no surprise at all if the Lakers go up early and often in this game and it is not competitive. I get it. Yeah. Second of a back-to-back might be a little bit tired, but this is a Minnesota Timberwolves team that is outright awful. And they're yeah. terrible. Oh, they're the worst team in the league. Yep. They're the worst team in the league. Yeah. So there we have it, Josh. Top option right now from this entire slate – of the high-priced guys, you have Dame, you have LeBron. You can tell me DraftKings and then Fanduel. Uh, sure. Trey Young, I know you love Trey on Fanduel, as you should. Randall, Butler, Towns, all of those guys. So I think to me, if we're talking on from a DraftKings perspective, uh, LeBron James is my favorite play of anybody that I can pay up for. Um, I just think he does enough, whether it's rebounds, assists, etc. And the big piece here for me on, for LeBron on DraftKings, point guard, small forward eligible. So you can use him in five of the eight different roster spots. I, I really like that uh, flexibility. From a FanDuel perspective, top play for me, um, kind of a coin flip between LeBron and Dame. Uh, I feel a little bit more comfortable with Dame just because of a minutes perspective. Don't really see him sitting all that much. I do have LeBron as a slightly better play, but he is more owned. And then working your way down, just Trey Young is 9K, a little bit different of a play because he's $1,000 cheaper than those guys, but he is just simply incorrectly priced for today's game against Houston. Retro TV says, dude said Edwards is trash. Imagine. Yeah. Um, no one said he's trash, but... I'm not he sure how much been tra- he has been trash. He has played like shit this year. Yes. Yeah. Correct. There's volume, there's no argument. Volume and opportunity does not equal skill. Now, like I think he's super skilled and super talented, but it, the results. Well, let me put it to you this way, Josh. The results that you get from massive volume does not mean you've played well. Take Tony Roten back in his triple double days with the 76ers. Yeah. Take Michael Carter Williams in his uh, rookie of the year season. Now he's a bench player at best. Like Anthony Edwards, objectively, this is not an opinion. He has objectively played really badly this year. Yeah, it's it's not even close. You can't take what you think someone's skill set is going to be in five years and apply it to whatever he's doing now to evaluate how he's playing. That's insane. He is one of the five worst players. I've said it yesterday or I said it with Greg. I don't remember what day it is. He's one of the five worst players in the league right now. That doesn't mean he's going to only ever be awful, but he's a what 19 year old rookie. And most rookies are garbage in the NBA. And he's just doing that. I like his physical tools moving forward. You get him a little bit more work. And I think that that can improve, but he's just been bad this year. It, It doesn't mean anything. It's just describing the past. Right. I think I I, don't, I I didn't I actually didn't even think that it was uh I didn't even think it was a controversial opinion, but no, you know, it shouldn't be. Hey, the PJ Strategy Show is coming up today at 2 p.m. with Ben Rasa and Eric Lindquist. Uh, are you producing that one? I certainly am. Oh, look at that. NHL Strategy Show with uh, Slim Cliffy and Josh. 
Oh, man, we've got so much. The daily game plan with Sean's on. That's behind the paywall. The tip-off at 4.30 to 5.30. Then the deeper dive with myself and Adam. Then live before lock. Then the NBA late slate swap and sweat at 9.30. Listen, this we got it all. We got it all. There's no place you want to be. There's no place you need to be for DFS content other than the Awesome YouTube channel. So stick around, hang out throughout the day. Remember, hit that thumbs up, subscribe. And if you want to get half off the full week at Awesome Plus Platinum, use that promo code SHAMROCK. It's good through tomorrow. Josh, anything else before we get out of here? No, that's it for me. Keep your eyes peeled for PGA Contenders with myself and Ben Razin. Then come check out the golf show at 2 o'clock and then three more hours of NBA coverage later tonight. But I'm done. You 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 guys don't have to listen to me talk any longer today. That's like six hours of content done. Yeah, I know. You You put in the hours today, man. No doubt about it. Thanks for hanging out with us as always, guys. We'll see you back here next time on The Strategy Show presented by No House Advantage. I was hoping we could get your crotch on the stream. The baby maker. <laughs> <laughs>